0: Man, we sure are glad that you guys are here today, and we want to make sure that you feel welcome to Momentum Church. If Man, if it's your first time, I know we've kind of already gone through that, but I just want to say as a pastor, thank you for coming. There's a lot of different places you could be this morning, doing a lot of different things, and uh, we are just honored by your presence, that you would come, and we, our hope and prayer is that you will feel honored by his presence today as you leave, and that you will definitely have been touched by God's presence um, we are right in the middle of an incredible series. We started last week, and it's entitled, I Love My Church. I Love My Church. And we talked about last week, if you weren't here, I rode in on my motorcycle and talked about how, man, when I saw that, I fell in love with that motorcycle. And I, so many things that we love in our life, right? We, yeah, some of us, man, we love the house. Some of us, we love that car. You know, some of us, we love our hobbies. Maybe it's golfing, it's fishing. I went fishing this last week, had a blast, and uh, that was fun. I caught a shark. I caught a shark. And uh, that, was, uh, that was only the second time that one ever happened. And this one was bigger than the first time. So that was cool. But, um, you know, we have so many things in our life that we love. Maybe you're a lady here and um, you love nothing more than just going shopping like all day. Like I've known some guys that like to shop, but normally they don't want to go shopping all day. But I sh- I'm sure that there's some women in the house who you love nothing better than spending an entire day just like wearing it out shopping. So just so, just, just humor me. Anyone here like that? Any, anyone here? Would you raise your hands? Just making sure of my audience. Okay, very good. How many can't stand shopping? In fact, if you never had to do it again, you would be great with that. Raise your hand. How many guys are like that? All right. How many guys, My, forgive me, I lost my voice, but I'm gonna try to push through here. But how many guys are like that? But your wife sends you shopping, Anyone? Anyone at all? Anyone that bold and courageous? <laughs> I saw a lady go, hey, right there. Yep, I said, my man, that's my man. Oh, um, very cool. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, a couple times a week, I will get a text, um, sometimes daily. But no, it's like, hey, can you run a store and get this? And it's like, yes, dear, right? That's what they told me to say. They say, you want to be happy and be married, you know, and be happily married, um, just say yes, dear. Say it often, and so I tried to learn that one. Yes, dear, and so, no. I, I tell you what, man, there's nothing I'd rather do. If I'm just having free time, and um, I love my family, love hanging out with them, but if I'm gonna have some guy time to myself, there's nothing I'd rather do, I don't think, than go to a college football game. For me, that's just like, whoosh. So I took Jaden and a couple guys from the church, and we drove up to Knoxville Friday. We went there, uh, we left here at 5.30. The game was yesterday at noon. Knoxville, Tennessee. And then after the game, we drove back here and got in around 3 a.m. and made it back for church. You know why? Because I love my church. And I didn't want to miss today, man. I was so excited to be here. But I want to tell you, at that game yesterday, it was crazy. And and we just had so much fun. It came down to the very end, the very end of the game, man, with two seconds left. We had a field goal and we were going to, we're going to see, I think I heard a South Carolina fan. No, I'm just kidding. I, I was teasing. I was just joking. But it was a crazy game. But man, there was over 100,000 people. And I don't care if you were South Carolina or Tennessee, you were fully alive. Because this game, I mean, if you were bored, you weren't a fan of football. I mean, uh, it was just crazy. We were going nuts in that place. I mean, jumping, you could feel it. You know, it was just crazy. And I'm like, yes, man, I love that. I love college football. And you know, we say it's okay to do that, right? And we we say, man, it's okay to love, you You know, man, say, I love fishing or man, I I love, maybe you love skiing or, you know, whatever it is in your life. Maybe you just love your work. And honestly, you get so wrapped up in your work that it's hard not to work because you just really enjoy what you're doing. And I hope you have a passion for what you do. It's, It's a lot better that way. But oftentimes we talked about last week why sometimes we think like it's, we kind of come to the conclusion that maybe we shouldn't be excited about our church. And, and at a higher level, maybe we shouldn't be excited about God. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, that's that. But, you know, like this part of my life, this part of the compartment of my life is like, yeah, like I'm all gung-ho over here. But then when it comes to my faith, I just need to be more reserved. Just need to be more quiet. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Anyone? Any any Boston Red Sox fans in here. Anyone at all? I'm just curious, anybody? Okay, there's one. Okay. She's like, I just feel lonely. i <laughs> no, I just, just teasing. There's more than you. There's other people in here, I promise you. I know Frankie and a couple of other guys are. But you know what? It's so easy to watch a baseball game, the team that you love, right? That's my team. And you watch it and it's like, I love my team, and I don't care when we're doing good, when we're doing bad, it's my team, right? And we say crazy stuff like when our team is really bad, when our team sucks, um, we say stuff like, I'd rather be this fan than a fan, you know, of the team that's winning. We don't really mean it. We're just faking it. You know, like, like Alabama, some Alabama fans in the house, you know? And so, you know, they're just stacking up championships, you know? And we're like, that's all right. I'd rather be, you know, and insert Auburn. How about Auburn, huh? And so you say, I'd rather be a fan of this than be a fan of them any day. You know, and, and you do the double check, like, I don't know, they're they really getting all them championships, but, but, but we, we do that, it's so easy, we compare, and we do all this stuff, and we love this, we love that, but when we come to church and to God, sometimes we just go chill, We just need to be chill, just quiet, yeah, I go to church, I'm cool, my church is cool, you could be cool, you come to my church, you know, no, we don't do that, right, no, we do stuff like this, like, we're scared to talk about God. But it doesn't have to be that way. What I, what I hope this series does is I hope this series lights a fire under all of us to be excited, not about Momentum Church, because that's not the ultimate good, that's not the greater good, but to be excited about what God is doing in Momentum Church, because Momentum Church is just a church, and there's a bunch of churches, and God's doing a lot all over the place that we have no clue about. But to be excited, say, yeah, I belong to that church. In other words, it's kind of like I'm an owner instead of a renter. Renters don't take care of stuff normally. Well, I broke, (laughs) call the landlord, right? But you're only like, well, easy, 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 easy. Have you ever helped somebody move? Have you ever done that? Have you ever helped somebody move? Like, isn't that the worst thing in the world? Can we just be honest? I hate it. If there's one thing I hate, I know I hate, I hate helping people move. Now, I don't hate people. I love people, that's why I help them. But I just, man, I don't have a great back, and I just, oh, I hurt for days afterwards, I just can't do it, man. Right? Like you, you move some, you know. Oh, it's just no fun. And it's very easy when you're moving other people's stuff, you know. To, you know, hey, we just we, we want to get it done. You know, I'm sorry that leg broke off on your brand new table, but push it. You know, we're trying to get it in so we can check out because we hate doing this. Anyone out there? You know what I'm saying? But when it's us, we're like easy, easy, easy. Oh, you know, we don't want to scratch because we're owners. And I hope at the end of this series that you guys be like, I'm proud of Momentum Church. But you understand that we're not trying to lift Momentum Church up. We want to lift up Jesus. And for some people, watch this, for some people, the church has been in the way between them and Jesus. And we want to reverse it. We want to just be a segue for people far from God that they can get on the segue and they can end up meeting the person who's not only created them but the lover of their soul. We, we want to take out the roadblocks. And so that's why we're doing the series, I Love My Church. And I hope, I hope and I pray that God would do a work in your heart and that there will be this new enthusiasm in you, no matter what you do for a living, whether you're a surgeon or you own your own business, that there would be this boldness and this encouragement and this enthusiasm about what God is doing here. Because I want to tell you something, guys. Listen, listen. There's a lot of churches that are dead. I grew up in, not dead church the whole time, but I did go to one, it wasn't no fun, right? Any of you ever go to dead church? There's nothing worse than that, right? We want this church to be alive, and this church is alive, because God is here, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. God's alive. God's healing people. God's setting people free. God's taking shackles and chains off of people. And that's why we're excited, because we do love our church, because our church is a totally in agreement with what God is wanting to do in our community. And a lot of people, oftentimes, they, um, they, they're not sure about Jesus, but they would come to church if you asked them. And so my prayer for all of us, including me, my prayer is that we would just get really bold with our faith, and we would begin to live it out and be the hands and feet of Jesus even more. And um, one of the ways that you can do that is when you go and eat, I don't know if you pray over your food. You don't have to pray over it for it to be blessed. You know, it's not like God's like, oh, if you don't pray pray over it, it's <laughs> gonna get uh, you know, we're gonna get send him a little heartburn. All right, Michael, Michael, where are you at? Right now, that's, that's we don't bless our food. We give thanks for it because we're thankful. Right, but um, just want to share with you maybe one of the things is right before you today when you have lunch, you're gonna have more than likely a waiter or a waitress who got a lot going on, especially at lunchtime. And just ask them, is there anything we, we're going to pray over our food? Anything we can pray for you about today? You know what happened? You will watch the walls come down in their lives. We did this yesterday. After the game, we were leaving Knoxville. We stopped at Cracker Barrel. And um, we sat down to eat. And we had this 20-something young lady. Uh, she began taking our order. And um, Jimmy, Pastor Jim, spoke up and said, hey, we're going to pray over our food. Anything we can pray for you about, your family? And she began to open up, like right there in Cracker Barrel. And she'd be, she just started telling us all the things wrong with her. And we had no idea that this 20, maybe two-year-old young lady, 21, something like that, used to live in Pace just a year ago. We had no idea that she was running hard and far from God. We had no idea how much hurt and pain she had in her life because of her boyfriend and the things that he's been doing to her. But God led us that way. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The Lord led us that cracker barrel right to her table. And when Jimmy asked that question, she just got overwhelmed and teary-eyed to the point of her saying, man, I've been running hard from God. And then he, here he goes and does something like this. And if that's not a great picture of what I wanna talk about today, I'm not sure what is. Today I wanna to talk about our second core value Um, before I do, I would love to give you a gift. So if we can get our host real quick, if you guys could get in place. We gave a gift last week and the gift was a sticker. How many got the sticker? Did you get a sticker? How many put on your cars? Put on your car or something cool? Awesome, man. That was a gift. In this series, we're gonna have a gift every time. We wanna give you a gift right now. And um, this is free. So just take one down, pass it around. 99 bracelets in the bucket. No, pass the bucket, grab one of these bracelets. If you don't have one, you don't have one because they're new and uh, take it. And I want you to go ahead and put it on. Would you do that? Go ahead and put it on your wrist right now. If you're wearing jeans or a dress, it don't matter. Put it on. It's going to go with your outfit. Um, Go ahead and put it on. And uh, don't put it on where you can read it. Put it on where people looking at you can see it and can read it. Okay? Will you go ahead and do that, everyone? It's an all skate. Are we having fun yet? Are we having fun, guys? All right. So go ahead and put that on. And while you're doing that, while you're doing that, I'm going to wait. Make sure everyone got one. I'm going to be quiet. Something I normally don't do. I'm just going to be quiet. That's right. Just go ahead and take one, put it on. Awesome. All right. We're almost done. So, so we have three core values that when we started this church, when we started this church, we, we met with a consultant, a business guy, and man, we did, um, we did one of the, uh, you know, kind of like the whiteboards, you know, we did the big old pad, you know. We got the marker out. We just did these, these just strategy. We're planning and we're thinking and we're wrestling and we're, we're throwing stuff out, seeing what sticks. And, and we're praying and God is leading us to create Momentum Church. And, and God led us, God really wired us with three core values. And I want you to know what the three core values of your church are in case you don't. All right, and then actually it's, uh, it's right there on your arm. So take your bracelet, flip it inside out. Would you do that real quick? Flip it inside out. Boom, how about that? Isn't that cool? Look there. Community, compassion, and commission. Would you say those with me? Community, compassion, commission. Now, we say C3. But that's, those things are important to us. And I wanna explain it briefly, and then I wanna talk about number two. And then I wanna redo prayer time because I, I think we missed it today. And I think maybe there's some, um, some stuff going on, so I really feel in my spirit there's some heavy stuff going on in, in lives today, and I want to do a slower song, and I want to scale it down. I want to shorten this message and give people time to really pray, because here's what I know. What I know is life, life is really tough for some of you guys right now, and you're carrying stuff you don't need to carry. In fact, you're carrying stuff you are not able to carry. Over a long, extended amount of time. And, and you need to give that stuff to God. You need to, you need to let it go. It might be your marriage. For some of you, it's your marriage. You've lost hope. you lost hope. For some of you, it's your relationship with your kids. It's just so frustrating. There's this, there's this love-hate relationship, like you love to hate each other. Um, for some of you, it's stuff that you've held on to. People hurt you. It's unforgiveness. For some of you, you just don't believe in God, but he believes in you. He so believes in you. And for some of you, you, need, you just need to feel God's love. You need to feel God, hear God speak to your heart. For some of you, some of us today, maybe our thinking needs to be changed. We've been in a thinking pattern that's created an outcome we don't desire. But as long as we keep doing what we've always done, we'll always get what we've always got. And so for some of us today in prayer time, I think God is gonna help us think differently. And so I really mean this today. I'm not gonna preach a long message going to be real short and to the point, point. Then I just want to have a prayer time because I feel in my heart that there's some people that, man, you were supposed to come forward and pray, and, and, um, and, and so we're just going to do it again. The first one is community. We said when we were dreaming about this church and we were listening to how God wanted to put this church together, we, we said, you know what, we're a community of unity. The word unity is in community, and we wanted to be a unity of community. God bless you. And so we said the way that this is going to be played out is that we're going to become, we're going to be Jesus followers who together, unity, community, who together are an unstoppable force for good, driven to change the world. We really believe that can happen because we believe with, with Jesus all things are possible. And so the first one was community, a community of unity. The second one was compassion. And we said, you know what? We want to be passionate about compassion. Because compassion and love, it's easy to love someone when I know they're going to love me back. Have you ever loved someone and they didn't love you back? You ever done that? Come on. You ever loved somebody and they didn't love you back? That's hard, right? I was in college. The girl's name was Holly. I thought the world of Holly. She was a great girl. She had beautiful smile, I really liked her, and so did every other guy on campus. So I was just a number, (laughs) you know, I was just a number. And um, I remember uh, working really hard, and, you know, I would give God his money, return what God had blessed me with, the tithe, and then the rest of that money went to my school bill. College is expensive. And so I would put it towards that. And then um, what that meant is I didn't have a lot of uh, what my papa called bubblegum money. I didn't have a lot of bubble gum. I didn't have a lot of money laying around. I was a poor college student. And so I got the bright idea of, well, someone was talking about, well, you can go and you need blood plasma, and they'll give you like 20 bucks. And I was like, 20 bucks? Dude, let's do it. The problem is I'm scared of needles. And I should have known when I walked in there, and this lady was big, strong lady, and she walked in there and grabbed, she's like, Give me your finger. <laughs> and she grabbed my finger and she squeezed it like that. Squeezed it where it was nice and tight. And then she took this thing that looked like a razor blade and went Ping, just like that. And I was, Man, I screamed like a middle school girl. Now, it's nothing wrong with being a middle school girl unless you're a college student guy. Then that was wrong. And I just made, I'm oh, fine. She's like, her, are you okay? I was like, oh, mm, I'm fine. And then they're going to put these needles in my arms. I hate needles. So I go there, and they got a little TV show up there. I'm like, all right, it's not going to be that bad, right? Mind over matter, mind over matter, mind over matter. I'm not I'm scared. I'm not scared. I'm so scared right now. They come out with this needle, and the needle, of course, looks bigger than life. And here it goes, and they're doing this thing, and my veins are pumping, you know. And I'm thinking, this should go pretty good the first time. And he sticks it. Oh, oh I'm sorry, missed it. <laughs> That's your problem. <laughs> Give me my $20. I will take a girl on a date. You know what I'm saying? And so she, ooh, I missed it again. I missed it again. I'm about ready to punch her in the throat. And, and, uh, and so she tried it and she, oh, okay, there it is. And then she's moving it around. What's well, it's inside me. And I'm, ah, 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 I'm hating it. $20, $20. I need $20. I'm broke. I'm broke. There it is. And then she tapes it in this weird position. And then she comes back 20 minutes later and says, it ain't working. She said, honey, child, it ain't working. We're going to have to do the other arm. Are you kidding me? So they do the other arm. You're not gonna believe this, but it went back and forth, back and forth. I think I wore long sleeves for like two weeks because of all the bruises. And, um, and they felt so bad for me. They could not, it, was, it really went bad. It was like, um, yeah, it was just bad. But they, they didn't get what they needed, but they said, you know what? You've been here for like an hour and a half, and we're sorry, and for all your troubles, here's $20. And I walked out of there like, man, holy cow. Never do that again until I got broke, <laughs> the $20 were gone, no, I just, just kidding, but what happened was, man, my arm hurt so bad, but you know what, I was like, man, it is worth it, because I really care about this girl, and I want to take her out to eat, that's what I'm gonna do, 20 bucks, remember when $20 take you out to eat, and so, I was like, that's what I'm gonna do, I really cared about this young lady, I then mean, fast forward several years, and, um, I'll never forget um, watching this movie, and this line on the movie was like so awesome. I was like, I will use that one day. So I filed it in my mind, and the opportunity presented itself with her. So, so she was dating me, dating some other guys, you know, couldn't make up her mind. I didn't think it was that hard, but um, <laughs> we got to make up our mind here, right? And so I'm going to draw a line. I'm going to say, you know, do you love me or not type of thing. So we're sitting there, and it's a nice chilly day like today. It's just beautiful, and everything's great. I'm looking at her. I'm trying to muster up the courage, and and I said to her, I said, now, Holly, I said, if you can look me in my eyes <laughs> and tell me that you don't love me, I'll walk out of your life forever. And it really would been going on for a couple of years. And I was like, man, we need to come to a decision, man, because if not this, I got to move on and you're killing a brother, man. You know, I, I had to make up, I had to find out what was going on. But I was just pretty convinced, you know, the favor were, was in my odds And she just looked at me, she would say a word, not a word, she was just quiet. I felt that love wasn't reciprocating, so I was like, all right, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go on out of here, I'm just gonna walk out of your life forever, because that's what I said I would do. And you know, it was like a year and a half later, God brought Stephanie into my life, and I remember when I graduated, me and my friends went to one location and this other girl was there and then Steph was there and I remember looking at the two and uh, I just remember thinking, I, I knew them both and she was a great girl but I, I just remember saying, thank you, Jesus, that your will is always better than my will, that your way is always higher than my way. Hello, look at this. Who got the hook up now? You know what I'm saying? So now I'm gonna do something really awkward. Steph, would you stand real quick? Would you? <laughs> But you stand real quick. She's going to kill me. Yeah, that's my beautiful wife. But you got to turn around where they can see you, right? But I remember, man, thinking she is smoking hot. You had a chance, but you missed me, right? now? No, seriously, I remember in that moment thinking, oh, my goodness. God, you've been so good to me. Because this girl, I don't know why, and all my friends certainly don't know why. They're like, man, she's beautiful, but is she blind? Is she blind? She's beautiful. I just... I knew that this was my soulmate for life. And it's hard when that love isn't reciprocated, right? Today I wanna to talk about compassion because compassion has to do with that. It's easy to love someone when someone will love you back, but compassion often means we're, we're giving someone love when we know we're not gonna get it in return. When I see the homeless person and I go buy them food, or I give them money, or I serve them, I stop and I smile and I talk to them. Compassion has to do with I am loving them when I know it's not going to boomerang. And I don't know about you, but I know about me, and I like it to boomerang, right? Like, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, right? Like, I'm loving you, you know, right? Absolutely. And as humans, sometimes we battle that. We battle, we battle continuing to love someone. Maybe maybe this will help you a little bit better. Have you ever had someone that was difficult in your life and you continually had to love them, love them, love them? And it was just to the point, if I'm being honest, to the point where it almost was like they were like a leech. They just wouldn't go away. And they were draining you mentally, physically, I mean emotionally, maybe financially, and it just wouldn't cease. Isn't it so hard? Isn't that hard? That is hard. And compassion trumps it. Compassion, compassion is the key. Say it with me. Compassion is the key Say it again Compassion is the key I'm wearing a key around my neck And and it represents a great organization You ought to Google Read a little bit about it. it It will touch your heart But it's the A21 campaign A lady by the name of Christine Kane Founded this organization And it helps women Get out of sex trafficking Helps victims Be rescued And that's near and dear to God's heart Near and dear to God's heart but, but I put this on, I wear this, and I love it, and it helps me think about them because my life's great, and your life's great, but there are people whose lives aren't great. And the Bible says that we are to love justice. Justice means we are finding what's wrong and we are making it right because as Jesus followers, we are called to be the hands and to be the feet of Jesus. If I see something wrong, I can't be okay with that. If we're in a grocery store and I see a parent hit a kid, I can't just pretend it didn't happen and just move on. I'm talking about like you say they just went off on him. You know, it just I can't I can't be okay with that. If I know a man is beating his wife, I can't be okay with that. Cuz I am my brother's keeper. Can't be okay with that. Compassion is the key, and it is the key for you and me making a difference in the world in which we live. It's really simple. God demonstrated it, and then he invited us into it. God demonstrated compassion. The greatest picture of compassion was Jesus on the cross. They had spit at him. They had mocked him. They did everything they could to take dignity away from him. They took this huge beast of a man, a soldier that was a soldier's soldier, that would take a cat of nine tails, which was like nine, like a bullwhip, but like nine bullwhips. And on the bullwhip had all kinds of glass. It may have had may have had uh, sharp, it would have had sharp objects, may have had some metal, some different things in there that would cut, slice through skin like butter. And they would take those things, they would beat the worst of criminals with it. 40 stripes would kill a brother. So for Jesus, they were kind and said, give them 39. And they would stretch the skin of the body is what they would do. They would stretch, stretch the skin of the body and, and they normally would bend them over something where it was stretched or they would lift them up off the, the feet and then they would whip them. This was all pre-Calvary. This was all before he was nailed to the cross. 39 times that's what they did. Can I tell you something today? And remember this when we go into prayer time today. The Bible says that by his stripes we are healed. You know the reason why Jesus didn't tap out when they were beating him? Well, it was because he wanted to beat what wanted to beat you. The very reason why Jesus didn't tap out when they were beating him is because Jesus wanted to beat the very thing that wanted to beat you and me. For some of us, it's addictions, like people that struggle with addiction of alcohol, man, and it ruins their life. My cousin Mike was like that. Mike was a great guy. I love Mike. Mike was one of the best guys you'd ever know until he hit the bottle, because when he hit the bottle, he couldn't stop. And the bottle became the bottles and the bottles and the bottles. And it really destroyed him. That's what addictions will do. It doesn't just have to be over alcohol. That's just A and addiction. It can be all kinds of stuff. The enemy wants to bind us up. Jesus came to set us free. So he did not stop letting them beat him. The greatest picture of compassion because Jesus, Jesus didn't want it. What are we going to do for Jesus? What are we going to, I mean, really? He just gave love when he knew it might not even be given back. And, and for some of you here, you, you've, you've either lost hope in God, you've lost belief in God, maybe you never have believed in God. You're like, man, that love stuff, that's, that, they're being a hypocrite. That, is, that stuff's not even real. What I would say to you is um, you're, you're deeply mistaken. Because when you taste and see the goodness of God, when you realize how good he's been to you and me, when I realize how good he's been to, to me, how much he's forgiven me of, you know what happens? I begin to live and look like Jesus. I memorized a verse as a kid. It was Jude 1, 22, and it said this, and some having compassion making a difference. Compassion is the key. And Because compassion is the key, then you know what? I'm just gonna decide to live a life that's going to be marked by compassion. I want to be defined. It's the name of the message. That's your homework. It's your action step. It's to say, you know what? Because compassion is the key, I will be defined by compassion. I mean, after all, at the end of the day, when you and I are laying in a casket and there are people out there crying, hopefully there are people out there crying, what are we going to want said about us? That we had the biggest house? And we had the coolest boat, the nicest motorcycle. And nothing wrong with any of that stuff, but is that what we really want to be said about us, or 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 would we believe that maybe there would be people there whose lives were changed because our compassion intersected their life? Stories told of two businessmen who were under conviction, and they said, "We got to make a difference." So they found a, a guy. This guy, he stunk from a distance. He was homeless. He looked helpless. No one wanted, he just was the stench of their community. These two businessmen put thousands and thousands of dollars together. And they said, here's what we're going to do. And they approached him and they, told, they asked questions first. They said, when was the last time you were given a hot shower? You had a hot shower. When was the last time that you ate a good steak? When was the last time that you slept in a bed? I mean, the nicest bed ever. When was the last time they started asking all these questions? And then he, the guy just looked at him like, are you stupid? I'm homeless. This stuff doesn't happen. And they said, well, it's gonna happen now. We're gonna make a difference in your life. We're committed to doing that. So they put their money together and they took him and he got a nice hot shave and then he got a nice hot shower and then they took him and they bought him nice expensive clothes. And then they took him, pick any, and these are the steak restaurants, man, that we'd recommend. They took him, they fed him, they loved on him, loved on him, loved on him. Compassion, compassion, compassion. Being passionate about compassion because you know what? It's not about it coming back. It's about it sticking. Who in your life needs compassion? Who in my life needs compassion? And these are the people that are that, that probably never gonna come back. Who is it? The Bible says, and some having compassion, making a difference. You wanna be a difference maker? One day at your funeral, people will be like, that person changed my life. Then live a life of compassion and no greater picture than what Jesus did on the cross. Jesus never did anything wrong. And they crucified him. They couldn't stand him. Because he was a God of love and because he claimed that he was God. And they said, oh man, this rubs us so wrong. And they spit and 39 times they beat him. They put these big old thorns on his head. Took a a rod and hammered it in his skull. We think of Jesus with little bit drops of blood. Psalm 22, Messianic Psalm says that his bones stuck out and stared at him. Like a bloody piece of meat on the cross. And the reason why was because of his compassion. The Bible says his compassion never fails us. I want to read to you. We'll lay in the plan. I want to read to you in the message. Here's the verses on the screen. 22 and 23. Go easy on those who hesitate in the faith. That's one of the reasons why I love my church. is because we are committed to compassion. We are committed to going easy on those who hesitate in the faith. Uh, yesterday at the ball game, we'd watch, man, they kick the ball, and then the guy is back, man, he, he's gonna catch the ball. Hopefully he doesn't fumble it, and he, sure enough, he'd catch it. He's in the end zone. He has a decision to make. Can I get out of here? Can I at least get to the 20? Man, I'm looking at the field. Are there lanes? Am I getting the uh, block protection that I need? And he's, man, he'd catch that ball. He's gotta run. He doesn't have a long time to hesitate, but two different times during yesterday's game, guys caught the ball, and then they hesitated to the point that it was very distinct and you knew they were gonna take a knee and then they ran out and got tackled at the five, got tackled at the 10. You're like, what are you thinking? The same thing happens when we hesitate to give compassion to the people who have hesitated in the faith. The Bible says this, go after those who take the wrong way. There are people in here, you love our church because you know what? Maybe you're at an area in your life like the sweet girl At Cracker Barrel, man, 21 years old, 22, something like that. And she had taken the wrong way, ran away from home. And life now was was telling her, you can't make it on your own. She's struggling under the load. The Bible says we're to go after those who take the wrong way. We're to be tender with sinners. When was the last time? I have to ask myself this question, and I want you to ask yourself this question. When was the last time you were tender with a sinner? When was the last time? Like, if I said a really bad cuss word, like right now, if I just dropped the F-bomb, that would not be good, right? A lot of you guys wouldn't come back. A lot of you, boy, it would go viral, man. It would make the news, probably, right? It would offend a lot of people, probably. And yet, what I want to challenge us today is maybe, maybe what ought to bother us more than that is the fact that it might have been a long time since we went tender with a sinner. And don't you love that Jesus did that with you and me? I'm so thankful he went tender on me. When he could have, I love that word tender. God has been tender towards you. Why? Because of his great compassion, it never ever fails. The Bible says be tender with sinners but not soft on sin. The sin itself stinks to high heaven. In other words, you know what, sin is fun. It only lasts for a season. And then sin always sours, and it stinks to high heaven. And so we love people when they struggle. For some of you, there's people in your life, man, maybe it is a son or daughter. They left, they've been, they've just, man, oh, there's so much friction, so much hurt there. For some of you, it was a a former husband, a former wife, and you're still hurting. You're still hurting over what happened. You can't stand them. For some of us, it's something as simple as a neighbor that drives us nuts. I mean, I take care of my yard. Why can't you take care of yours, right? Like My grass looks great, and your weeds are coming in my lawn. And so it's so funny because we're human, and something like that can forget, make us forget that we're supposed to love that person and give them compassion and be, be tender with them. Man, I hope that this church always is known for being compassionate with people who are far from God. We say it here, you don't have to be like us to be loved by us. You have to cut your hair a certain way. You don't have to vote a certain way. You don't have to this or that a certain way. We believe Jesus loves us all. And I said it last week, and it's my privilege to say it again. He loves us all right where we're at. He loves you today where you're at. You're you're stiff-arming him today. I was a middle school kid, remember, that was so hurt that I cussed him out. I cussed him out, and then I told him, I will never, I told God, imagine that, you will never. Don't ever tell God you will never. I'll never be a millionaire. Don't, 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 don't ever tell God you will never, because what will happen is he'll make sure you do it. He never lost the challenge. I told him, I'll never preach for you the hurt in my heart led me to that point, but thank God that the love in his heart overrode the hurt in mine. And I want to tell you, there are people over this room, if we just get real with him, man, you're hurting today. And so maybe it's not even so much about you being compassionate to others as much as it is you accepting God's compassion.